Hey guys, it's Ryan. And it's Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Yay, we're back. Yup. Uh, how are you doing, Steve? Good. You hanging in there? I'm okay. <laughs> I spend all day at home now. Yeah, so. well, you lost your job. Yeah, that's, that's a- fun. <laughs> You seem pretty lighthearted about it. Uh, well, you know, the upside of losing my job. So the downside of losing my job is um, I got uh, my last paycheck last week. I actually got double paychecks last week. Nice. So that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. If only that could happen every week, right? Uh, yeah. Um, the problem is, is those will be my last paychecks until I find another job. Right. Um, but the upside is... Um, I haven't taken a vacation in two and a half years. Oh, well, so, there you go. Um, congratulations, Steve. You're on vacation. <laughs> um, so I've been able to spend you know more time doing kind of like family related stuff, and with the baby on the way, it's yeah it's good to be able to do that and kind of just relax and excuse me, uh, spend a little more time with that, and, and in general, just kind of do nothing and. Uh, spend a little more time on flips uh-huh. and uh, that sort of stuff. So, Well, you want to tell us about your recent flip? Yeah. so <laughs> It's a pretty good one. So the It's day- like a double or a triple flip. Yeah. So this is funny. Um, the day I got laid off. So uh, I've said so a lot. Yeah. My company announced layoffs on November 3rd. Uh-huh. We all got, well, all 22 of us got laid off on the 5th. And on the 5th, since I knew I was getting laid off and I had only planned on working like half a day, uh, I was like hitting Craigslist hard, like looking for stuff. Right. Because uh, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have like half of a day to just kind of whatever. And uh, so I found two deals, one of which uh, I'm still sitting on trying to hopefully will pan out and the other one that I got to pan out immediately. Yeah, like right away. Uh yeah, and so that one was there was a guy in town that had a um EHX uh LPB1, the linear power booster, which is like a yeah, 20 30 dollar pedal. Is that the one with the bird on it? No. Oh, okay. it's the it's the clean boost. The one with the bird on it is the screaming bird. That's the treble boost. Oh, okay. So the LPB1's a clean boost. It's actually like a classic EHX pedal from like the one of their original like yeah. 70s boxes but in a pedal form yeah t- tons of people love that pedal yeah so I got he had one of those and a EHX stereo memory man with Hazari mm-hmm. uh, this is the bigger blue box yeah um, he had those two up for 50 bucks and he said they were broken uh, that he plugged the wrong power supply into him and fried them right so I was like, all right, like maybe I can fix these. I don't know. Like at the worst, like I'm out 50 bucks and I've got like, I felt like even if uh, I could sell these to someone else who might try to fix sure. them and get my money back at least. You could all, if they were all broken, you could always stick them up on Reverb or eBay and be like electrician special, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, as is. As is. Take these all from me for like 75 bucks or something. Right. So... Uh, we set that all up, and later he sends me another email. Hey, I got a third pedal that I that I fried. It's a Boss TU, or it's just a Boss tuner. Right. Say Boss tuner, because I didn't know what it was at the time. So he's like, I'll give it to you for another 10 bucks. So 60 bucks, three broken pedals. And I'm like, sure, sure, that, that sounds great. Thinking like, I can hopefully fix these. So I I'm, we make the trade. I've talked to the guy. He's like a local musician. And um, I get him home. And take them apart, and I re- see right away that the uh, the memory man uh-huh. is all SMD inside. So, you, if for you guys who aren't familiar with electronics, like your classic pedals that have like these big transistors and resistors, like and I, when I say big, I mean like these are things that like you look at and they're maybe a quarter of an inch long. Right. Um, they're they're like the classic 
circuit, if you open any older style, say pre 2000 pedal, they have like bit larger, like quarter inch long resistors, uh, uh-huh. uh, box or like, uh, you know, the big, uh, trash can looking capacitor. Sure. It looks like a little electronic city in there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what SMD is, is this is like the micro components like you would find in a computer, uh-huh. Uh, it's everything like on a much smaller scale. So that's what this memory man has on it. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, I don't know if I can fix this. Like yeah. this is going to be way harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, but I was like, whatever I took the, the guy said the TU. So it ended up being a TU three, which is boss's current, like top of the line. Tutor. Right. Right. He said like, Oh, it acts weird. So I plugged it into my one spot or my godlike. I had the godlike power all, whatever. Same thing. And it came right up, and I plugged a guitar into it, and it tuned it. And then uh, I ran it into an amp, and it passed signal fine. So I was like, TU3 works. Right. And then I put the Memory Man in line. Memory Man works. Put the LPB1 in line. That thing works. They all work. So I got three pedals, the TU3, Stereo Memory Man with Hazari, and an LPB1, 60 bucks. Uh, I sold the TU3 to friend of the show, Sam Miller, uh-huh. for 60 bucks. He knows what's up. He knows I'm going to talk about this. 60 bucks is a great price for yeah, that tuner. Super solid. He was like, dude, you're hooking me up. I don't care how much you paid for it. Like, this is still a good price. Right. Um, I put that memory man on Craigslist on Monday morning. So, like, four days ago. Uh huh. Uh, for 160 bucks. Sold it that night for 140 bucks. Sheesh. So I've made 140 bucks on this on a $60 investment. So I mean it, on the one hand it's like, "Oh, you only made 80 bucks." It's like, "Yeah, I only made 80 bucks, but that was like no work." And it's like a min it's it's only 80 bucks, but it's almost triple. Yeah. What I put into it. And you still have a pedal left over. I have the LPB1. It needs a uh washer and nut nut uh-huh on it and these have like the recessed jacks on it so i can't just get like i can't just buy a standard jack i'm gonna have to order this part or go to an electronics store um and i'm not even sure if i'm gonna sell that because that thing's only worth like 30 bucks right uh or i mean when i say 30 i think 30 is like the absolute tops oh totally i've sold one of these before 420 bucks yeah these go super cheap all the time um so what we may do after the fuzz contest is over is is maybe if i keep that thing around Maybe I'll find some mo- easy mods for yeah. it, and we'll do something fun. I don't know. Maybe we should uh, hack some kind of drive circuit in there <laughs> and push the drive circuit with the boost. There's not a lot of room in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I guess maybe what I could do is get that uh, the little black black ice. Oh, yeah. One of those guys? <laughs> just jam it somewhere in yeah, there? Yeah, because I think that's just like a passive circuit or whatever. Yeah. You should just be able to jam it anywhere in the signal It's path. like a super simple single-stage distortion yeah. little thing. Yeah. Put it on like a little toggle switch. Actually, that would be that might be really cool. Put on a little toggle switch. Yeah. There might be enough room to do that. It, it, these I've had the LPB one open before. It's really tight. And actually, with this one, I may have to get uh, I may have to use like a vice. I was telling you about this. Uh-huh. Whoever screwed this thing together last, like did it with like a power drill or something. <laughs> and I use hand tools for most of my assembly and uh-huh. disassembly. This thing is not coming apart by hand. And I don't, I, I just don't want to pull my drill. So out we yet. might be taking this thing apart with an angle grinder. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that bad. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so that was a lot of that was like a week's worth of craziness. The other thing I picked up is a Carvin MTS uh-huh. combo, the MTS three two twelve. I used to have one of these. I had the head version of it. Yeah, I bought this for one fifty, and after I actually I paid the guy one sixty because I only had twenties, and after I had already like basically given the guy money and everything, he was like, "Yeah, I've had this up for two hundred bucks for a while, and I haven't gotten any hits." Oh. And I was like, "Oh crap, oh." Okay, well, <laughs> uh, so hopefully I can figure that thing out. Um, but it didn't have any pictures on the ad, did it? No. See, that's where he went wrong. Yeah, there. and I've gone, I've, I've had some interest already, um, but it was like all for trades. But I've also got it up for two eighty. You might be able to trade up with that thing. 
I'm, it might could be really good trade bait. I'm really thinking about, so right now for trades, I've like, I put that I'm interested in like a Fender Standard Strat or Telecaster. Uh-huh. I may just try to trade up to like a Blues Junior. Yeah. Because that can sell one of those stupid oh, fast. Yeah. so fast. And somebody's going to be like, oh, I got this little 15-watt amp. I need real power. 100 watts, all tube. Yeah. There's always someone out there who's itching to get their uh, their 100 watts on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I used that thing in church last Sunday. You did. <laughs> I wish you had turned it up a little louder. You weren't in the mix as That's loud as I would That's not my fault. <laughs> anyway, yeah. you got anything new? I do. I have a tremolo pedal. I have been shopping for a second tremolo pedal for a while, ever since I split my boards into two. I did My board went into like this amoeba state where it morphed into two boards and split uh, split the cores and everything right. like that. and. One for my surf band and one for my home experimenting and, and uh, church work. And so my tremolo pedal, my nice uh, VHE, made it onto the surfboard. And my other board has been missing a tremolo pedal, which is an effect that I actually use quite a bit. Uh, so I've been kind of debating in between, do I want to spend like 30 bucks on either like a Dan Electro tremolo or right. like one of those joyo tremolos or do i want to go crazy and get like a 250 dollar tremolo that does like everything and has all the bells and whistles and stuff like that right so, i just always feel like with a tram this was always what i felt like was the shortcoming with the dan electro one uh-huh is like you really need that volume knob you really do i every i kind of promised myself last time i sold a tremolo that didn't have a volume knob that I would never buy a tremolo without one again because you really need that to hit equalization or yeah. unity, to hit unity with your signal sometimes. Well, and you know what it is? It, I, I was thinking about this. This was years ago I was thinking about this. Uh huh. I think most trem pedals, it's not that they don't hit unity. It's just that they only hit unity for like a yeah. split second. You need to have it boost a little bit. Yeah, you they spend. Mo- I mean, you think about it like a tremolo pedal. If it goes from a hundred percent gain to zero percent gain, then on average it's at fifty percent gain. Yeah, yeah. Math, guys. <laughs> it's also nice when you engage that to have a little bit of a boost because you know if you're engaging it, you're probably doing something really neat within the mix with it so anyways or you're annoying the synth player (laughs) anyways i've been shopping around trying to decide what direction i wanted to go looking at random things that come up on ebay and craigslist and reverb and a pedal came up on reverb uh the dr scientist tremolescence i had i had never heard of this pedal before i've heard of dr scientist they make some cool stuff uh i looked up some demos of this and they just look killer. It's got a ton of neat features that I'm really into. A feature that I was actually thinking of trying to build into my own pedal, like getting a kit and trying to just do it myself. But it's actually done better on this pedal. And I didn't even realize that any pedals out there had this feature. I thought I had invented it. What's that? Uh, it's, you can switch it. The, the switch on it is like a soft switch. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't click. You can flick this toggle switch and make the the switch for the pedal momentary. Oh, right. So you can set it to some kind of crazy setting. And if you just want to flick it on real quick for like two seconds, you only have to press it once. You press it with your foot and you hold it in and the, the effect is engaged. And as soon as you lift your foot off, it's disengaged. Right. So it's not like you have to click it on and then click it off when you're done using it. So that's really neat, especially for momentary bursts of craziness, you know? Yeah. Uh, other features this thing has, it's got a volume knob, it's got a tone knob, <laughs> it's got, you know, the shape knob, it's got depth, it's got rate, and it's got a, uh, a knob to adjust the hold. Cause you can make it actually like when you put your foot on the momentary hold, it will blend the effect in slowly if you turn up the hold knob, which is a really kind of neat feature. Interesting. Uh, and it has a toggle for square and sign shape. Waves. Right, and then one more thing it has well two more things actually it has two expression jacks right so you could plug in two expression pedals into this uh one to control the rate of the tremolo and one to control the depth and i'm really thinking i want to get an expression pedal for the depth because that sounds like a lot of fun to me just kind of leave the tremolo on all the time and fade it in the amount i need it when i need it 
So this is a really exciting pedal. Uh, I don't remember what these go for new, but I definitely got a deal on it on on Reverb. I paid one forty for it, including shipping. I nice. Think. I think that's what I paid. It might have been one fifty five after shipping. I can't remember. But anyways, I got a great deal on it. If I ever need to sell it, I'm confident that I can uh, get my money back and then some. Uh, I love the color of it. It's like this neon green. Yeah, it's really, it stands out. It's brighter than anything on my board. It's got a, uh, it's got a little LED on it that shows you the rate, like even when it's disengaged. So I've constantly got a rate LED flashing on there. And uh, the the indicator LED on it is really neat. It's this great big green LED. Cool. So it's a really really neat pedal. I'm really impressed with with the quality of it and the quirkiness of it. Right. And now I'm kind of looking at other doctor scientist <laughs> pedals because <laughs> it's just so cool. I Uh-oh. even like the weight of it. Some pedals like you pick them up and it feels like oh this is kind of flimsy or right. Like I don't like the weight of it. I can't remember the. I think it was a Mojo hand pedal I had where I got it and I was like, wow, this feels really lightweight to me. Like it must just be empty in there. Uh, it was a Colossus. Oh, okay. Which is like a big muff clone. So it probably was empty in there. Yeah. But it just felt like really featherweight. This thing's got, it's got like a brick thing going on, you know? Well, it's got six pots on I it. I know. It's got a lot of pots, a lot two, of switches. Two switches and uh, and then your toggle. Yeah, yeah. Or two toggles and a switch, depending on how you look at it. And what, four jacks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it better weigh a lot. Yeah, it's got a lot of stuff in there. This is a neat pedal. I'm stoked on it. it the rate, too, you can push the rate up super fast and make it almost sound like a ring mod. Oh, cool. Which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about that. All right. So that's my new stuff for this week. Should we jump into ads? Let's do it. All right. Uh we didn't talk about who's going to take what. So no, you, it's fine. You pick something and go for it. All right. I'm going to take this ad just to be obnoxious. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll read this and then I'll let you talk about it. Sure. This is uh, Ryan posted this on the group. It's electric guitar pedals, $20. Yeah. Uh, there are three pe- three pencils. <laughs> there are three pencils here. One is, a, one is a volume control. One is a distortion pedal. One is a grunge pedal. You get all three for $20. The distortion paddle or paddle paddle padel padel <laughs> has four knobs all together, but two are broken. How have broken knobs? Wait, wait, read that again. How have broken knobs? No, no, before that, before altogether. Uh, the distortion pa- padel has four knobs all together, but, but two, two are broken. But two are broken. I was trying to do the airplane joke where we do it all together. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, how have broken knobs are turned all the way up? I <laughs> a lot of a lot of really rough uh, auto correcting in this ad. I don't think that's auto correcting. I just think that's sloppy typing, sloppy second language kind of stuff. Maybe. So what we have here is we have a Boss Metal Zone, the NT2, which is a much hated pedal by many many people. Uh, and also the grunge pedal by DOD, also a much hated pedal by many, many people. As they should be. Yeah, they are kind of... uh, These are pedals that during the 90s and 2000s, if you were learning electric guitar and you went to your guitar store, these are the pedals you bought because they seemed to do the most to your signal because it made you sound like really crazy heavy and really crazy shreddy, but then... The moment you tried to play with anyone else, it was like way too much. Sure. So these pedals do have their place, in my opinion. There are creative things you can. Well, they do with also them. really capitalized on having the genre that they were supposed to be used for in the name. Yeah, totally. Of their pedal, like every every teenage kid who wants to sound like Metallica gets the the metal zone. Oh yeah. Every teenage kid who wants to sound like nirvana gets the grunge i'm you know some i mean i guess they probably have it in fact i think eno has it with their new line like one of the echoes is like the ambient echo or like uh-huh. the ambient delay or something yeah like that's what it is oh i'm making post rock i need the i need the ambient delay yeah. i think that thing's just a slapback too 
It's not a, like a, an ambient delay. You need like these long, right. long well, I th- ones. I think that one's supposed to be like their an- analog delay. So it's ambient because it like washes out maybe. Right, right. Whatever. Right. But anyways, yeah, these pedals are much hated. And then there's a volume pedal, the the Morley Little Alligator, which is the uh, signature, signature volume pedal for Steve Vai, I think. Uh I have no idea. Yeah, well, if it's not his signature, he definitely was involved with the advertising. I of thought it. he was the bad horsey. That's, that's a wah. the wah. Yeah, Did that's he... a spring-loaded wah. Okay. Uh, the alligator is just a volume pedal. Uh, so I was looking at this. And it's like twenty bucks. I I kind of have this persistent itch to always get metal zones or grunge pedals just <laughs> so I can do demos with them and show people how they can be used effectively. Right. Because. There is just such a knee-jerk reaction to them from people on guitar forums and groups and stuff. I just want to be like, oh, here, see, here's how I used one, like in this creative way that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Uh, Low-gain low metal zone yeah. for my jazz band. And I kind of wanted to try out that Alligator volume pedal, too. And for 20 bucks, you know, that's throwaway money for, for three sure. pedals. That Alligator will sell for probably 30 or 40 bucks oh, pretty easily. Easy. And then I could sell the... You know, the others for 15 each. Yeah. And, you know, they would just go. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I wrote this guy, like, as soon as I because saw the Because the metal ad. zone, two of the knobs are turned all the way up, and that's where <laughs> you want them anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's set right where you want it. It's in the in, in the sweet zone. Yeah, all the way. All the way up, 100%. Uh, I wrote this guy. He immediately wrote back and was like, oh, they're already gone, which is, you know, makes I sense believe it. for the price. But another thing I was thinking about doing with that metal zone is stripping the guts completely out of it and putting like a completely different pedal in there. Oh, I just realized that the two knobs that are turned all the way up are the level knob and the drive knob. Yeah. Full volume, full gain. <laughs> and then you just have EQ control to, to try to control that, to dial it back. I don't think it probably wouldn't be too hard to swap out those knobs. You can get boss replacement parts. Yeah. You just have to be able to, you know solder them into the the board that's in there yeah and they're not uh they shouldn't be too too hard i mean it's definitely like you're going to spend a couple hours messing around with in it. fact i want to say with the ds1 they're not even mounted to the pcb so in this right. case i'm not i'm not i think sure. i think in the metal zone they probably oh, are they are the smaller pot type so. yeah yeah i mean if they're not then that would be super easy yeah but it's got those double knobs for the EQ, and I have a feeling those are mo- those are mounted into the PCB. Uh, but yeah, I thought it would be just a hoot to stick this on my board and have a completely different pedal put into it. And when people see it, they'd be like, oh, he plays a metal zone? He doesn't sound like he uses a metal zone. He sounded really like like clean. What was going on? Well, like- and a lot of guys have talked about this. Like the is was The idea is just to take another four-knob boss pedal uh-huh. like the dd5 or dd7 sure really any of the digital delay uh, series i think they're all uh-huh. four knob pedals and put one of those in a metal zone or i could strip it out and i could get some kits or like a or like a a plan or like a schematic or whatever and put two dod 250s in there <laughs> you could do that you know i want to do that <laughs> It would be pretty metal, too. You should just uh, leave the pots in, the LED in, uh-huh. take out the rest of the circuit, and just be, just show it to people like, oh, you got to hear this pedal, man. Play something, and then hit the pedal, and then play the same thing again, and be like, oh, man, that sounds beautiful. <laughs> and they're just like, I don't hear it. Like, oh, let me, let me turn this knob a little, then maybe you can hear it. Right, right. And just insist that, no, dude, it's you're the one who can't hear it. You know what would be a funny thing to put in there? Is a is a clone clone. Oh, my gosh. And be like, oh, guys, listen to my pedal. And people go, oh, Metal Zone suck. I'm like, oh, yeah? Well, this is a clone clone. This is a pedal that everyone thinks sounds like magic. So If you put a clone... Uh, Those are three if, knob, right? If you Yeah. So I'd have to make one, do- one knob, a yeah. dummy you knob. Could put like a, you could put, I think, the Timmy is a four knob. Hmm. But yeah, just put a dummy knob or find some other parameter to adjust. Uh huh. But yeah, if you it put, could be the buffer on off switch, right? If you put a clone in a metal zone, people's heads would explode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we move on to the next ad? Yes. Should we talk about this one that my wife sent us? Um. The uh, sure. The American guitar. 
so my wife, after our last episode a few weeks ago, after we were done recording it, she's like, you know what? I'm going to go on Craigslist and I'm going to find you all kinds of ads. So we have a couple ads just from my wife for the next few episodes. This is one she found that is uh, uh, insane. Yeah. Like Looney Bin insane. I don't even know <laughs> what to think about. It's in Millard. I don't even know where Millard is. Yeah. Uh, I've We lost it, but I want to sit like we were talking about this earlier. I think it's somewhere in Nebraska. It's like in... In Omaha or maybe yeah. around there. So this is let let me let me read the description. You read here. it, Ryan. I'm gonna read. Clearing out the guitars I don't play. This is the wildest guitar I've ever owned. Vietnamese Luther with lots of time on his hands and an odd perspective on American history. The body is a sort of tribute to Abe Lincoln, along with the dates of the Civil War are and both the American and Confederate flag. Actually pretty amazing work. I installed two vintage Seymour Duncans. Are you whistling? I'm whistling Dixie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you sure? It didn't sound like Dixie. I'm just not good at whistling. Okay. Uh, two vintage Seymour Duncans, but the rest of the hardware is still on it. The tuners and the Floyd Rose copy are not of good quality. My plan was to continue to upgrade all the equipment, but now I need to downsize. Yeah, I wouldn't upgrade any equipment on this. This thing is like just... You know when you go to like House of Blues and they have outsider art up on yeah. the walls? This belongs on the walls of House of Blues. It's It looks like a guitar... Because, you know, you see guitars that have like carvings made out of them. Right. Like to like illustrate a scene in them. This looks like a guitar where the person made carvings and then glued them onto the guitar. Yeah, it's really weird. I'm it's not... got a near the top horn. It's got this hand carved thing of Abraham Lincoln's head, but it doesn't really. It looks really. He's making a really weird face. Yeah, that's that's kind. He kind he's kind of making a toilet face where he's like, <laughs> uh, should have eaten. <laughs> Eating my greens last night. Mm. And then right below his head, there's like a deer antler. I think that's supposed to be a shirt. You think that's a shirt? That's it's weird. And then it has the his name, Lincoln, written out. Very strange. And then, oh, those are eagle wings along the bottom of it. Oh, oh. I didn't know what those were supposed to be, but I think those weird. are upside down eagle wings. Okay, I see it. Along the bottom of the guitar. Right. Wrapped around the American flag and the Confederate flag. And the American flag has tassels. Yeah. And and then that the, the second wing wraps around the bottom end of the guitar. And then written in all caps, but like still a scrolly typeface, it says Liberty. Yeah. And this thing is just... I don't know. It's nuts. The guy wants 190 for it, which is probably fair for a really insane piece of outsider art. I don't completely believe that these pickups are vintage Seymour Duncans. I think they're DiMarzio's because the pull pieces don't... Like, DiMarzio has yeah. that very specific pull piece It has piece those ties. hollow pull pieces. Regardless, like, I think I could see... If, I would if buy... I would, if, if I was in town, I would buy this 190... I'd sell those pickups, and then I would just hang this on the wall. Yeah, exactly. Just be like WTF. It'd be like $100 wall art, basically. Yeah, because this thing's so crazy. And really, like, depending on what that... Depending on what that neck is, like... I get, Was the neck thematic? Do you remember? Um, I don't have a good picture of the headstock anymore. I don't think it was. But, uh, yeah, this, this thing is just... in. Same. Yeah, totally nuts. So I just... Uh, I wonder if it was made in Vietnam because he said it was a Vietnamese Luther or if it was made in the States by someone just, who just happens to be Vietnamese. I think it was made here and I'm amused by the fact that you can't say Vietnamese. Yeah, I messed it up. <laughs> I said Vietnamese. I don't know what you said. It yeah. was... Oh, uh, it was just funny. Are you really expecting me to talk right? I'm not a good talker. You no, know that. Why do I, I have know. a podcast? Why? 
<laughs> Do we have anything else to say about this other than it has a Floyd Rose on it, which is kind of crazy too? Yeah, I, I don't. I kind of wonder, like, if this was really built from scratch, or if this was originally something else. I think it was originally something else, or a kit at least. Okay, so this was in Omaha. I just pulled right. the ad up from Nebraska. That, uh, the original ad. I just want to see the neck. Oh my gosh, dude! You had to, you missed out by not including the neck. What's on it? Um, there is like some sort of on the headstock. I don't know what. There's like an American flag, and like maybe a bald eagle head. It's, <laughs> it's hard to tell on a phone. So there's more detail on the headstock. Let me see if I can zoom. The- oh no, it's the Statue of Liberty. No. Yes. The statue was the Statue of Liberty even around during the Civil War? Uh no. The Statue of Liberty came over in like 1890 or 190 something. Like the 1904 World's Fair or something. Oh my gosh. I I think. So this is this guy is just Putting any little piece about America that he loves in there. Yeah, he needs like a cherry tree. That's and like some, crazy shaped and headstock. Some pilgrims. Yeah. <laughs> he can, what's some just random American stuff he can work in there, you know? Maybe uh, Pearl Harbor. What's, what Pearl Harbor? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I when you said Pearl Harbor, I thought you said uh, George Washington Carver. Uh, yeah. I was like, George yeah, put, Washington Carter put some peanuts up like a on peanut. there. <laughs> Maybe some McDonald's arches. Oh my gosh. Everything about America. America. All right. Last. Uh, yeah, we got to move on. Uh, oh, hold on. This one was sent to us by Andrew Thomas. Yeah. On the group. If you're not on the Facebook group, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? You dingus. Get on there. Be part of the be part of the group, you know? So this is for $220 on the bay. Uh the eBay. Fender mm-hmm. Stratocaster neck, nitro finish loaded, tuners, bone nut. Um that's pretty much all of it. There is this super long description on there. The guy had swapped out the tuners, had done this gnarly nitro finish on yeah. it. Yeah, this thing started out as a Squire, by the way. Yeah, this was a Squire, probably um, like a Squire Affinity Strat neck or something. Who knows? Along it, those lines. It could, it, I don't think he said what line it was from, but it definitely wasn't a Fender when it started out. Yeah. Uh, oh, starting bid is 168 that yeah. makes it better. Zero bids on it, though. So, yeah. uh, this thing looks terrible. Yeah, like really, really bad. I feel like it could have been that color. So it's really the thing is. So you you can't see this, but if you're in the group, you would have seen it. If you're on the group, we posted pictures of the ads uh, after the episode. But aired. also, you would have seen this when Andrew posted. Didn't he post this to the group? Yeah, he did like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it's really dark, which is whatever. Like, I can live with that, but it's really uneven. Well, here's what it looks like. It looks like the guy took a squire neck, sanded off a few parts. Like, he sanded off where the squire logo was, obviously. Right. And then did a little light sanding in random places. And then dipped this thing in like furniture stain it yeah. doesn't look like any color you've seen on a neck before it looks like yeah, furniture he stain. says it's nitro but i so it's blotchy as all get up because there were places where it soaked into the wood and places where it didn't soak yeah. into the wood um and then i think he coated it in clear nitro or you know some kind of tinted nitro it just looks awful he it looks like a relic job from hell, you know. Oh, it's it's nuts. Um, my first thought when I, I saw it was like that the guy either finished it and then lit it on fire, or lit it on fire and then finished it. <laughs> the thing that I think it would have turned out better if he lit it on. Well, fire. the thing that's crazy in the pictures is like the neck, the fretboard itself is like pristine. Right, right. So you've got this thing that's like this semi relict Who knows what's going on? Refinish with this just perfect neck. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just I have no idea what to think. What about would this. you pay for this neck? Top dollar? What you What would you pay? Oh, man, 
if I thought it play, like if it was brought to me and I was like, okay, this plays well, maybe a hundred bucks. You would pay a hundred dollars. Maybe that? it's a remember. It might be. A squire I know Infinity. it's a squire. It's. I mean, if the guy took the time, that's what I'm saying. Like, if the guy took the time to like rework the frets and everything, so it played well. I mean, he did drop a new tuner. It supposedly has a bone nut, whatever. Yeah. Um, I could see, like I said, highest $100. Just because of the way this thing looks and because I know that I'm never going to be able to reverse that without a ton of work. Sure. Like the amount the amount of work it would take to reverse that, you might as well just go buy a different neck. You know? Right, yeah. No, I, for, for me, this would have to be something where like, it would have to be the like an absolute buttery neck. Where I would say this thing looks like garbage, and the fact that it plays so well just makes the fact that it looks like garbage so that's more like awesome. A, a bizarre scenario here because you're assuming that it might play awesome. I don't think it's going to. It probably doesn't. I don't think I would pay over twenty dollars for this neck. <laughs> I mean, well, it, and if I, it is a Squire neck. And I mean, yeah, the tuner, the tuners are probably worth $20. The rest of the neck is probably worth $1. Yeah. Like I would take the tuners off and then I would use this neck as like a basis for experiments, you know? Right. Well, this is that, this is that bizarre world where like the guy's like, oh, I refinished it and slapped a water slide decal on this thing. And now it's worth, you know, more than the guitar that it came on. Uh, And the water slide looks fine. He did a good job on the water slide. What went on with the rest of the neck? What did you do? What did you do to this poor neck? It didn't deserve that. I know it was a squire. Uh, this guy deserves to go to jail, not for like a full day, maybe for like 30 minutes, but he definitely 30 minutes? He deserves jail time. Oh my gosh. It's bad. It's real bad. This is a crime against guitars. All right, so before we get any further, uh, I we I did bring some beer tonight to yeah. do something a little different. What did we, what did we drink first? Uh, so the first one is a Bosun's Chocolate Stout. This is a Trader Joe's exclusive. Uh-huh, whatever uh, that means. Yeah, it's brewed by Rhinelander Brewing Company, which is in Monroe, Wisconsin. Uh, stout brewed with cocoa powder. Steve said Monroe, Wisconsin, like he doesn't believe that that's a real place. I know. <laughs> Uh, so Bosun beers are unique brews made in small batches. Our chocolate stout has aromas and flavors of dark chocolate and roasted malt with a tangy hot bitterness. Whatever. Um, <laughs> honestly, like, it was okay. I thought it was good. I thought it was just okay. You know, if I had got that in, like, a a bar or something like that, and I was having a good time, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying this. But if I was, like... At a, at a brewery, like doing a tasting, and I had I could compare it against other beers. I've probably been like, oh, I see what they're trying to do, but I don't feel like the notes. Are I don't really think I'm ever not in that mode, in the right way. And uh, I don't <laughs> think this could pair very well with uh, most meals. <laughs> I, I thought it was like a really easy drinker, and yeah. I mean, it is a five eight, so it is on that like more of a light stout side, like a Guinness or like a milk stout. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I just you know. It's kind of I, I I forgot I forget which one it was, um, but I actually had this discussion with you and Adam before regarding oatmeal stouts uh-huh. and how like I was like oh this is just kind of like I'm so used to drinking imperial stouts right that this oatmeal stout's just kind of like it's watery sure which brings us to our second beer yeah we. Th- so we finished off that other beer while we've been recording the rest of this episode. Yes. And this is, we just cracked this and you might've heard that we, we uh, clicked on and off. Yeah. Here. If you detected the pause, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, we did that because we ran out of beer in our cups and Steve needed more beer in his cup. Uh, so we have cracked open this rogue beer. Tell yeah. us what this it is. This is a rogue brewings, double chocolate stout. Uh, this is a stout stout brewed with natural flavor. They don't have any description on here, uh-huh. uh, but um, this is a rogue is a very well known. They're oh yeah known for really for like probably their uh, Shakespeare. Uh, I really love stout. their 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 uh, hazelnut nut brown. I don't think I've had that. It's good, um, but this is a pretty easy drinking double chocolate stout, and it's a very unique flavor. Yeah, it's also like nine percent, right? Yeah, 
So this is going to kick our butt a little bit by the end. Yeah, of the this will this will wrap us up probably. I, the way that I described this before, he, like I tasted it and I didn't even know what the description was or what the style was. Like imagine like those little root beer candies you get at restaurants instead of mints. Like imagine if that was your only exposure to root beer and you had no idea that root beer was a drink. And so you, and then you took those candies and you're like, I'm going to try to make a beer that tastes like root beer candy, <laughs> but I don't even know that root beer is a drink. That's what this tastes like. It has like this very strong root beer taste to me. Yeah, I can kind of, I mean, I guess I can kind of see it's what you're saying. It's got that sharp, like fizzy thing on the end of your tongue. Yeah. And I, I get, apparently they did, uh, one of the ingredients in this is honey. And it tastes very sweet. Yeah. And so maybe that's part of it. Some of this other stuff on here, it just doesn't mean anything to sure. me, like the different malts. Um, I'm not getting a lot of... Cho- I, I honestly don't get a lot of chocolate out of this. Really? I taste root beer. I taste on the back end. This might taste a lot different than a standard bottling of the Rogue Double Chocolate because I think this has been in my fridge since January. <laughs> since January? Yeah, I bought this a while ago. Whoa, dude. It's almost January right and now. so this beer is like... Probably it was bottled a year ago. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's... I mean, it still tastes great. Yeah, it tastes great. But I wouldn't be surprised if like a freshly bottled version would taste a little different. Sure. Um, bec- but I you know, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? That's speculation. Man, dude. You've had that in your fridge since January? There are... I, what do you have, like the most self-control of any person in the world? I might have had this... I might may have had this for longer. Man, my original hiding back behind the condiments. Huh? My original intent was uh, to buy the Spiegelau glasses. Spiegelau, who's a glass manufacturer, uh-huh. came out with a stout, uh, a stout glass. Interesting. That's supposed to be like the optimum glass shape for stouts. Huh? What does it look like? Uh honestly, it looks like an IPA glass. Oh, okay. It's a little different, but it's one of those glasses where it like comes up like it's a twenty. I think it's a twenty-one or twenty-two ounce glass, so you can fit like a whole bomber in this glass. Sure, sure. And or a um, whole lot of head. Yeah, and uh, but it's designed so you can fit like the entire an entire pint in it is really okay. what it's designed for. A t- pint plus head without any issues, and it's one of these glasses that comes up and then maybe like. Uh, 25% from the top, it has like the kind of, it bubbles out. Like a bulb. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got that thing going on, but it's a slightly different shape than uh, the IPA glass. Interesting. Um, that Spiegelau also, they have a bunch of these glasses. Sure. Um, but, you know, we're just drinking these out of these, uh, whatever, Newcastle They're, glasses. Yeah. It tastes good to me. Yeah. I can barely yeah, taste the glass. all right let's get to ads we already did ads i'm just kidding let's get to the topic yeah we're gonna do a topic uh isaac vining wrote us do you want to pull up that email yeah i got it he says why put or best offer in an ad if somebody says 100 dollars obo there's no way i'm gonna think oh yeah sweet i'll pay a hundred dollars they've already told me that they aren't committed to the hundred dollars I'm sure there are some reasons, but they have not come to to mind at the moment. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I get what he's saying. Like, if you want an OBO, then that's like, why not just pick a price and go with it? I think that when people put that, they're hoping that someone will be like, oh, have you gotten an offer? Because if you got an offer, I'll pay more. Right. It never works out that way. Do you put OBO on yours? I have a couple times and it's never done anything for my ad. So I never think of OBO as give me more money i always think of it as you've read this entire ad you saw that this is for two hundred dollars uh-huh and now you get to, and you're on the fence and it says two hundred dollars obo and now you think maybe if i give him 180 dollars, he'll say yes right so i always overprice my stuff and i when i say overpriced like sometimes it's extreme uh-huh um, I've got a Strat up right now for $320. That's like the absolute top for yeah. a Strat. But I've got up for 320 OBO. If somebody sends me 300 sold. Right. If somebody sends me 280 like we're in negotiations, I'm, I'm shooting for 300 Really, like, if I wanted this thing to move, I'd put it at 260 and be done. Yeah. And at, so I, I always indicate in my ads, like, if the price is firm, I say firm. If the price is something that I feel like 
I am willing to negotiate on, then, uh, then let, you know, I'll put OBO. There are people who, and some of that is like that is is that risk calculation. If somebody's doing an OBO like a hundred dollar, a hundred dollars, and it's something that I want, uh-huh. that I know is worth a hundred dollars, I'll just be like, yeah, dude, I'll do a hundred dollars. Right, totally. Because I, my mindset as a buyer is. If he's saying OBO, maybe if I offer him 60... Then he just won't get back to you. He just won't get back to me. If I offer him 80, maybe he won't get back to me. But if I just say like $100, let's do this, then that's like, that's the surefire price. Right, totally. Now, if I say $100 and it's listed for $100 and then they're like, I've got an offer for 120, then I'm like... (laughs) I ain't got time for that. Right. Ain't nobody got time for that. I really hate the idea of uh, using Craigslist as an auction site. Yeah, I th- I think making offers is fine, but like trying to pit people against each other with offers is not what Craigslist is for. Like you don't you don't use Craigslist to go like, oh, this other person offered me this, can you beat that? Yeah, like you, it's either yes or no, you know, or you come back like if someone offers you a price that's too low, you come back with something higher than that but lower than your original price right you know it's just it's a direct one-on-one kind of thing yeah it's just uh i don't know i it always just has felt weird to me weird to me weird. even when pe- it feels we- weird weird <laughs> even when people say like make an offer half the time i'm like where do you want me to start like i know how much your item is worth yeah but i don't know that you know how much your item is worth totally or I don't know that like I've made offers to people that I thought were reasonable offers and they've been like, it's worth way more than that. And I'm like, I can send you 10 eBay listings right now that say it's not. Yeah. But I just don't want to deal with it. Like you've already proven that you're more interested in playing a game than actually selling a product. Right. Totally. I don't know. I th- OBO always really bothers me when I'm, when I'm shopping Craigslist. Cause it, yeah, it does put that big question mark of like what's actually going on here. I'd rather the price to be firm or to be like, oh, make an offer, you know, uh, you know, I, but the OBO thing, it just bugs me. I feel like so, too, sometimes like, so I was talking about that Carvin amp I've got up. Uh-huh. I feel like if I put that up to make an offer, I'm just going to start getting all kinds of stupid things. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, I just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I guess I can definitely understand the idea that OBO... Is like a weird auction scenario, creates this weird auction scenario. Uh huh. But I've always thought of OBO as uh, I want a price around this number. Sure, sure. And, you know, if you can't get there, but you can get like 90% of the way there, then just make the offer. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Tell me what you have. Tell me. Yeah. Another thing that bugs me, and this might be a little off topic, but it's not really because it's in, within Craigslist. It bugs me when I put up an ad and I say open to trades and it's obviously a musical instrument. It's obviously in the music musical instrument section and I get offers for trades for like like baseball cards or you know like you had someone offer you like video games. I've had people offer no, me I, video game stuff before. I'm always specific like whenever I put up something for trade like People will still just see trade and and off make weird offers. Yeah, but I always try to be generally specific. Like why I say like I'm open for trades. These are these are my areas of interest. I've had people offer me like even stereo equipment. Like yeah, it's kind of related, but it's still yeah. like I want to make music, not listen to it. The worst the worst to me is when somebody's like, oh, I'll trade you this car audio amplifier. I'm like, uh, I ain't got time for that. Ah. Uh, I don't even know how that stuff works. Yeah. The radio in my car broke, I would be screwed. Musicians never have working car radios. We don't <laughs> care about that stuff. <laughs> we can't we can't afford car stereos after we spent all our money on the on, you know, little boxes to, that we step on. You remember Adam Adam's stereo setup in oh the neon? My gosh. Uh, just take any home stereo, uh, you know, speaker and put it in your back seat, and there's your there's your so, audio system. Yeah. So if you guys remember, like back in, I don't know if these. I'm assuming they don't sell these anymore. 
But like back in the late nineties, uh-huh. uh, you know, you would go out and buy. And I had one. A lot of kids had them. Uh, you had this like three piece uh, CD AM FM cassette boombox setup, and it was a three piece. Right. You had like your centerpiece that was your CD player, whatever. Like, and basically like your CD player, radio, yeah. cassette. I had one of those, and then you had each speaker was like attached via, um, like just a direct plug-in that you like latched in. I forget uh-huh. what I forget what the it's like or just raw wire basically. Sure, sure. And the idea was like you could put your centerpiece here and then then spread your speakers out for like true stereo sound or whatever. <laughs> and uh so Adam had one of these. Adam Powell who's been on our show before um had one of these and took the speaker and put it in the back seat of his car and like hot wired like, it into re- his stereo. like yeah wired it into the stereo system and it like just added a ton of volume and bass oh man and but and it it destroyed your your seat behind the driver there was no way anyone could sit yeah, back there Adam anymore. had a basically had a three seat Dodge Neon oh my gosh wasn't it a Plymouth Plymouth Neon Dodge yeah, Neon whatever difference. I don't care oh man <laughs> That thing was dumb. Back in the dirty days, you know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So do we have anything else we can say about this topic? Not really. I mean, I think every area's Craigslist probably handles this a little differently. Sure, sure. San Diego is definitely OBO territory. I think I see a lot. Yeah. I don't like it, though. Sometimes I put it in the title. Like, I look at the price and I'm... And I'm like, do I like the price or not, you know? Right. And if it's too high, I don't even bother most of the time. Sometimes I'll lowball people uh, just because I'm curious to see if they'll take it. But Have you ever lowballed somebody just to mess with them? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think I lowballed that guy with the big Dan Electro pedal board just to mess with them. And I wrote back with that guy a couple times. And I was like trying to convince him that his stuff was worthless. Have you ever... <laughs> Have you ever seen, so okay so this goes along the lines that I can't the thing I can't stand is the people that put one dollar one dollar guy what's wrong with you and then they put one dollar and then the combo of one dollar and then make me an offer yeah I have sent offers to people and says uh your title says one dollar I will pay one dollar yeah send me your address I'm on my way yeah I've got one dollar. <sighs> I've got $20. That's 20 times your asking price. <laughs> Can you split a five? Can you pre- <laughs> yeah, I, I, there, the only scenario where I'm like, the $1 thing makes sense is if you're selling multiple items. Yeah. And even then, like, just, or if you really legitimately creative. have no idea what your thing is worth. Cause you got to put, you can't, you, they don't, I don't think they let you put zero. You have to put something in there. And so that's like, oh, I have no idea what this is worth. I feel like you can put no, unless they've changed it, you don't, I don't know if you have to put a price. Oh, really? I always put a price, so I've never tried yeah. it. They, I think you do have to put a price. Okay. I could be wrong, though. I'm probably wrong. Yeah. Um. So let's close out the episode. We're still running this contest, guys. Yeah. Um, We're trying to get it to 500 listeners on an episode after episode 42 because that's when we started the contest. Yeah. 43 so, did pretty good. Yeah, I thought. but we're still not... Like, we had an episode before this that got up into the 400s. Uh, our episode 42, I think, just barely crossed into 400. Yeah, it's right on the cusp. So I'm not we need to get sure. another 100 listeners before we can even release this pedal because we're not going to give up on getting more listeners. 100 listeners. I've been advertising this thing like crazy on Instagram. And we have like 600-something followers on Instagram. So those people just need to listen. Yeah, listen to up. one episode and then we can release this thing. We've gotten like a dozen or so really great suggestions for the art. So that's... We've only got a dozen or so people who have inter- actually entered the contest to win this thing. So if you've done it, you've got a pretty good chance. If you haven't done it, you've got a good chance if you enter. All you have to do is write us and tell us what art you want on the pedal. And we're going to pick the uh, the art that we like the best. And I'm going to put the art on the pedal. And then yeah. we're going to ship you that pedal. I'm just going to sign it. 
I'll sign somewhere. <laughs> no, let's take a picture of you, Steve, and we'll put it inside the pedal so when people open it, oh they'll, my gosh. they'll see your face in there shining Where back you come up with this stuff? I just pull it out of my butt, dude. I guess. <laughs> what the heck just happened? I don't know. I tried to log into Podbean, and it like took me to some other site. That's not good. Weird. Uh, so anyways, you know, if you guys have any bright ideas on how we can get more listeners... Uh, email us or tell us on the Facebook group. If you know people who play guitar or like guitar stuff, suggest the podcast to them. Well, I know, you know, I know some people are doing that. Like, uh, that guy, Daniel Shields. Uh huh. Uh, I think he's like a personal friend of Andrew Thomas. Oh, nice. Um, and then we've got that whole central Cal contingent, uh, Tim and Luke and, uh, huh. And sort of, but not so much, uh, Phil. So, uh, <laughs> where's Phil? Phil's, I think, in Sacramento. Okay, yeah. So he's a little north of those guys. But yeah. like I think Tim and uh Luke are both in uh like the Central Valley, like Fresno, Vasilia or whatever. Uh-huh. I feel like there's a third one of that, those guys, but Yeah. I really don't want to do it, but I'm wondering if we gotta run one of those ads on Instagram that's like Share this to three friends, and then this and oh that will gosh. happen. I hate those so much. Share this photo with three... F- you know what? You guys should just be sharing our stuff anyway, because it's awesome. Yeah. Hey, yeah, if you guys want to grab any of the photos for the contest and share them on your Facebook or on your Instagram, that could help us out too, you know? Yeah. Just try to get the word out. Try to get more listeners. You guys like listening to us. Other people are going to like it too. This is like the worst... like asking for yeah, we, we're starting to sound desperate aren't we oh i'm I mean, so there's desperate. no there's no money involved here we don't make any money we don't get any profit out of getting more listeners we just want more listeners for you know just for the kicks you know yeah we want to feel like what we're doing is getting out to more and more people look we just want to get up to 500 listeners so when we start our kickstarter for 50 bucks to buy a new new microphone <laughs> we'll think it has a chance <laughs> yeah well i think you know the idea is that if we get enough listeners and we could go to people with legitimate numbers and be like, Hey, sure. Pay to advertise on our podcast sort of thing. And then we can start to make money and then we can start to do more giveaways and do more cool stuff. You, you know, know what would be awesome guys, because I don't have a job <laughs> right now. I figure we have about 400 listeners a week. If we can get that up to about 40,000 listeners a week, oh my gosh. I won't have to find a job. Right. I'll just podcast full time. Here's what we'll do. We'll get 40,000 listeners and then like we'll switch we'll switch to subscription base and make <laughs> everyone pay a dollar a month. Dude, I could live with that. We'll be rich. Oh my gosh. At $12 a year and you get to listen to us once a week and we're rich now. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Well, hey, maybe if you pay for all 12 months at once, you only pay 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. I throw in the deal there. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still rich after that. Oh, yeah. Money. <laughs> we're probably money. having to pay some kind of crazy fee for our podcast hosting. <laughs> no, dude. Podbean's unlimited. Is it? Yeah. Oh, man. We're set. We're yes. going to be rich. All right, uh, this week's song is brought to us by Broadway Recording. Yeah, I guess they're a studio or something. I have no idea. Do you know who the artist is for this I song? I do know who the artist is. Okay. It is Darlington. Okay. And the name of the song is Judy Jetson. They sent us about four songs from this artist. I'm assuming it's an artist on their label or their studio or something like that. Um, I didn't listen to the other three. You're not supposed to give away the secret. They sent us four songs, and uh, I just picked one off the title, and I listened to it. It was like, this sounds great. I really like it. Uh, I really like the lyrics. They're really fun. They kind of poke fun at a songwriting structure. Cool. And, uh, you know, all sorts of different cliches within songwriting. Right. So check it out. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this song, even if you're not interested in the style or sound of it. Listen to the words. It's a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, I don't think we have anything else to say, do we? Nope. Nope. Uh, send us songs, send us, uh, topics and ads and, uh, send us entries for the, uh, for the contest. If you, you can send multiple entries. Yeah. Like we're, we're going to pick the best one. You can send us 50 entries, 50 ideas for art, and we're just going to pick the best one. So you can enter over and over and over again. Like we said, we're just waiting till we hit 500 listens to release this thing. Uh, other than that, 
Uh, I think that's that's Here's everything. the song. Goodbye. Yeah, here's the song. See you guys next time. Bye. This song sounds just like a